0: This goes off the series on the Millennial Kingdom and in today's teaching we're going to look at the the Battle of Gog which takes place at the end of our Lord's Millennial reign. Um, We have already uh, seen right at the outset of our Lord's Millennial reign that it actually begins with the Battle of Armageddon and that's when our Lord destroys the, the army of the Antichrist and the false prophet and Satan is then bound for a thousand years. And then our Lord's reign uh, continues in the earth for that 1,000-year period. At the end of that 1,000-year period, um, another battle takes place. And um, although the scripture doesn't refer to it as the Battle of Gog, it's just a title that I've given to this particular section so that we can discuss uh, that particular battle that will take place at the close of our Lord's millennial reign. And uh, the opening scripture that we'll look at today is in Revelation 20, verse 7 through to 9. Scripture says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And so, um, at the end of our Lord's millennial reign, uh, Satan and his angels um, will be released from the bottomless pit. For You recall that right at the outset, Satan and his angels, including all demons, Um, are captured by the Lord's angels and cast into the bottomless pit and are sealed up there during our Lord's reign. At the end of our Lord's reign, uh, Satan and all of his angels and demons will once again be released into the earth. And the the purpose of them going out into the earth is to deceive the nations. Um, And so the deception that Satan will introduce to the nations at that time Is to influence them to rebel against the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ Um, and they will be convinced by Satan and his angels. Now it will obviously not be a case of Satan will appear to uh, the unbelievers and say you know if you guys do what I tell you to do we can get this thing done. Um, As Satan deceives the nations in the earth today uh, because that's how he operates, he does it behind the scenes in the spiritual realm and so he influences men's thought processes and uh, he gets them to think, start thinking along his uh, line of thought. And so the deception that he will bring into the earth at that time is that they will be able to um, overcome the Lord and his saints and do away with the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. And we can pick up a couple of scriptures along that line which help us to understand just how this will transpire. Um so let's have a look at it. Ezekiel thirty eight verse ten and twelve or ten to twelve. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages, I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor great gates, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited, and against the people gathered from the nations, who have acquired livestock and goods, who dwell in the midst of the land." So very clearly here we see um, Satan going out and influencing the thought processes of mankind. For he, uh, the scripture says, thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. Psalm 2 verse 1 to 5 is also very descriptive to us of what will transpire. The, the motivation that will influence the, influence the nations of the earth to rebel against the reign of Christ. Because don't forget, our Lord has been reigning now on the earth for a thousand years in righteousness. He's been enforcing the laws of God in the earth. Um, And anyway, Psalm 2, verse 1 to 5 says, Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh; the Lord shall hold them in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. And so, um, we see that the the earth, the inhabitants of the earth, the unbelieving nations on on the earth, although they will experience the blessing of God, uh, because there will be an absence of war, um, there will be abundant provision for those nations that are obedient to the commands of God, we spoke about the ones that rebel against the observing the Feast of Tabernacles and uh, the resultant punishment that will come upon them. But throughout that 1,000 years a growing, you know, they, because the Bible says that they, they, they say let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Because that carnal mindset will still be there. And so it will resent having to obey the laws of God because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can it be. And so that, that rule of the rod of iron will be prevalent in the earth. And so when Satan and his angels are released into the earth and they begin to influence mankind with these evil thoughts of rebellion against the Lord and his saints, well then um, Gog and Magog and all of the surrounding nations will very quickly um, take that on board as their their plans and their thought processes. They will be quite eager to uh, listen to that deception. Now again it's Satan operating in the spirit realm and mankind in the natural realm being influenced by the spirit realm as he does today. And so it will, because as I say, the, the nations of the earth will, will view the reign of Christ with his saints as an oppressive regime um, because they are not free to do what their fleshly desires want them to do. And so you know, they'll be constrained that whole time. And so they'll be very right for Satan when he is released into the earth to follow after his uh, leading and guidance, his deception. There is another aspect to it, not only to get their, their thinking process is now, let's get rid of the Lord and his saints, let's get rid of their oppressive, oppressive regime and let's govern ourselves once again, but they will also um, view the Lord's saints and the, and, and the camp of the saints as a relatively soft target. Because the scripture says, um, you will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. And so the deception will be that you know these people are not as powerful as we uh, think they are. Uh, they, they don't have any walls uh, around their villages. They are are right for us. We can go, we can do this thing. We can get rid of them. But then it goes one step further. Verse 12: to take plunder and to take booty and to stretch out your hand uh, against the the waste places that are again inhabited, um, who have acquired livestock and goods. And so one of the motivations will be not only to get rid of our Lord's uh, reign in the earth but also to acquire the wealth that the saints would have required over that 1,000-year period. But don't forget that God would have blessed the saints immeasurably. And so they will have much livestock and much goods. Um, and so they will be the envy of the earth. And so uh, you know, these nations will come up thinking, well, you know, we can take all of this for ourselves. We can kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. We can get rid of this oppressive regime and we can acquire their wealth for ourselves. And so that will be the motivation um, as a result of Satan's deception in the earth. So this will not take place until Satan has been released into the earth. Although mankind will you know, resent the reign of Christ, by and large, they will still be submissive to the reign of Christ no thoughts of rebellion would have come into their minds until this time no thoughts of well let's just get rid of the saints let's just get rid of our lord out of the earth let's go and take their stuff for our songs those thoughts would not yet have arisen in the, in the minds of men they will still be fearful of our lord and of his saints during that whole thousand year period and thus be obedient but when Satan and his angels and his demons, obviously, are released into the earth, their thought processes will ch- now change. Now they will start to think, yes, we can actually do this, we can rebel against this oppressive regime, we can get rid of them, we, uh, they're not as powerful as we think they are. Um, and look at all of that wealth that they've acquired, um, we can take that for ourselves. And so those thought processes will only arise in the minds of men once Satan is released into the earth and begins to influence their thought processes. Now, God will allow that to happen. Why? Because God knows what their thoughts are, really, that they will not ever willingly bow their knees to His Son, Jesus Christ. And so God will give them over to that evil desire that they have now all of the nations of the earth will be involved in that rebellion at at the end of our lord's reign. not all of the nations of the earth will come up against the lord's saints actively participating in that uh, army that will be raised up in the last in those last days but nevertheless all of the nations of the earth will be aware of the rebellion and thus they will be complicit in the rebellion. So those uh, there are going to be nations, we'll have a look at the scripture now, that will not actively participate in this rebellion, in that they will not join that army, and that army will be biased. Um, nevertheless, they will be aware of it. They will do nothing about it um, to prevent it. They will not you know, warn the Lord and his saints, not as if the Lord and his saints are not, not aware of what's going on, but nevertheless, the, the rest of the nations of the earth that do not actively participate in this rebellion uh, will be complicit in it because they will be aware of it and do nothing about it. In fact, they might even encourage uh, Gog and Magog and their armies. And we pick that up in this passage of scripture, Ezekiel 38, verse 13 and 14. Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you... Now these are the young lions say, saying to Gog and Magog Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people dwell, Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? And so, very clearly, the rest of the nations in the earth. And so this this rebellion that will take place, um, Satan will go out and influence all of the nations of the earth. They will all begin to take these uh, sinful thoughts on board. And they will begin to converse with one another. Heads of state will speak to other heads of state. And they will all be complicit in it. But uh, there's only going to be uh, a certain grouping of nations that will actively participate in Gog and Magog's army in that they would um, send representatives from their nations to be, be part of that army. But the rest of the nations of the earth will be aware of this rebellion that's about to take place. They will be complicit in it. Um, and we see that from the, what the scripture tells us. And so the size of Gog's army will, abs- will be immense. Um, we estimated the size of the army of the Antichrist to be maybe 600 million uh, strong. But the size of Gog's army will be far greater than that. Now I know that the population of the earth will be roughly about 3.5 million. So it, Gog's army will most probably be about three times the size of the army of the Antichrist. So it would be huge. Scripture in Revelation 20, verse 7 and 9 says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison, will go out to see the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints, the beloved city. Um and fire came down from God in heaven and devour them. And then Ezekiel thirty eight nine. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, and all you and all your troops and many, many peoples with you. Ezekiel 39, 11, 12, and twelve says, It will come to pass in that day that I will give God a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who passed by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travellers because they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call the Valley of Haman Gog. It, call it the Valley of Haman Gog, sorry. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying him in order to cleanse the land. And so, very clearly, this um, army will be vast. As I say, be roughly about three times the size of the army of the Antichrist. So you're looking at an army oh, close to two billion strong, but less maybe. Massive. Now, Again, don't forget, the, the saints are on one geographic location and so that's why the army that are from God and Magog will surround the saints. Um, but it says that once this army is destroyed by God, it will take the saints, or is, the house of Israel, seven months to bury all of those corpses. So it gives us a, a rough indication of to just how many uh, will participate in this rebellion against the Lord and his saints. It will be a vast army indeed. Um, The weaponry that will be used for this battle, the Bible is very descriptive to us, and again, all of it is showing us the kind of society that exists and is prevalent in the earth during our Lord's reign. Ezekiel 38, verse 1 to 6 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with butlers and shields all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Goma and all its troops, the house of Togarmah from the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. And then in Ezekiel 39, 8 to 10 says, surely it is coming and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and bucklers and bows and arrows and javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forests because they will make fires with the weapons. And they will plunder those who plunder them and pillage those who pillage them, says the Lord God. And so we see... uh, very really clearly, uh, an army that is very similar to the kind of armies that existed when our Lord first came to the earth. And the weaponry available is shields, swords, bucklers, bows, arrows, um, javelins, and spears. And so, and helmets. It, it is that type of weaponry which is available to this vast army. There's no modern weaponry at all because during our Lord's reign, uh, agricultural society will be prevalent, there will be no such thing as industries, there will be no factories, there will be no manufacturing of any sort taking place as such. And so, as at the opening part of our Lord's reign, they beat their swords into plowshares, and they beat their spears into pruning hooks. So at the close of our Lord's reign, they will now beat their plowshares back into swords, and they will beat their pruning hooks back into spears. And so it is that type of weaponry that will be available to them, and that's the type of army that will come up um, and surround the camp of the saints in the, at the end of our Lord's millennial reign. And then we get to the destruction of that army, because again, just as um, the Battle of Armageddon, we said, was pretty much a one-sided battle, because you know, the saints just stood and watched as our Lord destroyed that army with the breath of his mouth, so it is that this particular battle will also be a one-sided battle, for God himself will destroy this army. Uh, The army of the Antichrist, the Lord Jesus Christ will destroy, but uh, this army that is destroyed at the end of our Lord's millennial reign will be, in fact, destroyed by God the Father, not God the Son. We pick it up in this passage, Ezekiel 38, 18-23. And it will come to pass at the same time when God comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and the beasts of the fields, All creeping things that creep on the earth and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him into judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. And so we see that it is, in fact, God the Father who will destroy that vast army directly from heaven he is the one that will um, rain down fire and brimstone on that army and completely annihilate them. And so as I say, it's it's a one-sided battle. The, the saints will once again just stand and watch. They will not have to participate actively in this particular battle. And that will be the closing major event that uh, brings our Lord's millennial reign to a close. Now, there is going to be... A short duration of time um, after this battle where the saints will still be on the earth with our Lord um, because in the book of Daniel when this, we had a look at earlier in the series uh, when the vision is explained to Daniel it is told to him that the, the three remaining kingdoms their dominion will be taken away but their their lives will be prolonged for a season and for a time so the season, we said, is for the thousand-year reign of Christ. The time is the short period of time, and the Bible is silent to us as to what length that of time that will be, um, where our Lord will still be on the earth with His saints. And don't forget, there will still be the remainder of the unbelieving nations on the earth as well. Because as we said, although the, all of the earth will be complicit in the rebellion, not all of the earth will actively partake Uh, participate, sorry, in that rebellion. And so the nations that didn't actively participate will still be in the earth as well. And so there is going to be this period of time. We know, um, because the scripture says to us, that the saints will use the firewood of, um, well, going back to that, it's going to take the, the saints seven months after the battle to bury all the corpses. And then we know that the saints will use the weaponry of that army for seven years after the battle. So we do know that our Lord's reign continues in the earth for at least another seven years. How much longer than that, we do not know. It's certainly not going to be very much longer because our Lord's millennial reign, the thousand-year period, would have then come to a close. Um, And that will then be the end of our Lord's millennial reign. And it is at that time that then um, the the second resurrection takes place. We're not going to touch on that because now that goes into the next series which deals with the new heavens and the new earth that God the Father will create, thus doing away with the present heavens and the present earth. But that now is um, the last point that we wanted to discuss. Pertaining to our Lord's millennial reign, because as I say, that is the the last major event that will occur closing off our Lord's millennial reign. We're going to end this series on that day. Amen.